Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F dot com. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like sixth grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Let's go racing here at Knoxville. Only the best go three of It is showtime at Williams Grove Speedway. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, here at Eldora Speedway, it's showtime. Yes, you got them for a rip. Often imitated, never duplicated. The greatest show on earth. Oh, to sit back, relax, and enjoy, because ladies and gentlemen, it's showtime! Set to do battle for 30 laps, the green flag is waving! Hello again, it is Wing Nation, talking sprint car racing, our favorite time of the week, and we are so glad that you have joined us. Have a great, great show coming up for you. Aaron Evernham on special assignment, we'll actually talk about that a little bit. So joining us from DirtTracker.com, Justin Fiedler's in the house. Hey man, how are you? I'm good, I'm glad to be back with you. It's been a little while since yeah. we uh, got to hang out a little bit. Well, and, and yeah, and then there's times when I'm not here, I think you've filled in and done the show true. with Aaron and like that. Yeah, so it is great, it really truly is. I, I do want to mention this, and then we'll talk about your deal. Uh, Aaron a special assignment. She's in Daytona Beach, Florida. Ray is being inducted tonight into the Motorsports Hall of Fame of America. So that's pretty cool. I mean, is there like a you know a guy out there who shouldn't be in a Hall of Fame? I mean, Ray. Yeah, is, it's like why is he? His yeah, resume is incredible. Why is it taking so long? Exactly. You know? Um. So uh, they. Um. I don't know. I. You know what? I should have texted her last night. I don't know if she made it out to Volusia, but they're down there. Um. But uh, getting ready to honor Ray tonight. So we certainly wish the Everhams very well. Um, I saw Daryl Gwynn's on the list going in and yep. some other great racers. and uh, So that's neat. So uh, we certainly miss Aaron, but we are uh, certainly, this is this is a good excuse. This is a good reason not to do Wing Nation. For sure. Um, she doesn't need to get her priorities in order, but you know, I mean, <laughs> it's all good. But uh, Justin, you, um, how many years ago did you launch Dirt Tracker? I launched the website in 2019, right. and then I started doing shows in 2020, kind of right at the beginning of the pandemic, which yeah. I figured, like, once I got kind of got through that period where we didn't have any racing, that it was, it's been all cake since then, because I have plenty of stuff to talk oh about. Oh my gosh, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> Daily show, and uh, I know last week you just cleared a milestone with it as far as YouTube views and everything like that, which is all indications it's going well. What's What, yeah. what were, the, what, what were the, the numbers you had on that? Uh, I just crossed over 3 million. YouTube views uh, total for the life of the show and, and approaching kind of between podcast downloads and YouTube views about 4 million. We'll be pretty close to that, almost a 15,000 YouTube subscribers. So nice. Uh, it's, it's going well. I'm, I'm surprised kind of on a regular basis by the growth and, and, 
And really the response from the community is, you know, when people reach out to me about things I've talked about or, you know, they, hey, they, they caught a show or something like that. And, and hearing about the people that listen and watch all the time is, is pretty interesting and, and like makes me feel good in, about what I'm doing and, you know, trying to kind of help the community and, and push things along and, and, you know, help with some of the discussions and things like that. I think it's been really fun. Yeah, it really, truly has. Uh, I'm a daily listener. I love the show. Justin's background here, uh, formerly, uh, formerly a, uh, a tire changer in NASCAR, mm-hmm. also worked for the World Racing Group, was the original co-host of Open Red. Him and you and Ross did Open yeah. Red. Um, you moved out of World Racing Group. Uh, the, the tire changing game has gone to a younger, uh, younger yep. set of people. And your show, uh, daily nine minutes, eight minutes, 13 minutes, daily coverage of, of dirt track racing, sprint cars, late models, midgets, modifieds, whatever it is. Um, is that a fair fair assessment of where yeah, you've been and how sure. you got here, where you're at? Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, you know, if it's happening on dirt racing, we'll probably talk about it at some point. And, and you know, not scared to go across car types or, you know, parts of the country. And, you know, we'll, we'll kind of talk about everything. Do you do you ever run into the, the – how do you balance all of that? We stay we, we stay wing sprint cars. We don't even talk non-wing sprint cars. Or once in a while we'll have them non-wing. Uh, is it is it do you get feedback on the balance for that? Do you or is I, that, I do that? sometimes, yeah. and I, and I, I try to stick with you know some of the national stuff, sure. you know more national stuff, and, and you know names people are going to know. Um, I do catch hell once in a while for not talking about you know an, an IMCA modified race or stock car show here and there, but. Uh, you know, if something big happens, we'll certainly talk about it. I'm not, I'm not scared to do that and, and, you know, afraid to, you know, dive into a new series. You know, we start talking about USMTS modifieds and things like that, too. So uh, we'll talk about anything. If it's if it's newsworthy and there's something cool happening, we'll talk about it. Well, speaking of something cool happening, you um, you cover – we're going to talk a lot of sprint car stuff here. And uh, and Dylan Sisney going to join us later on the program. The mayor. The mayor. I love that. I love that. Um, but um, you, uh, you cover dirt late model racing, which kind of falls back into my weekend – uh, the place your mama warned you about Cherokee Speedway. Uh, it was a good old fashioned dust up down there. Um, and just just big picture stuff. The dirt late model world is just absolutely rocking and rolling. It's it? so much fun. I, you know, I feel like the the dirt late model stuff, the, the sprint car stuff. There's so many really fun things happening right now, kind of across the sport, but. To see what we saw on Sunday and the reaction afterwards, two of the biggest guys in late model racing, you know, the 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 attention I feel like that the sport is getting right now is just incredible, you know, uh, kind of across all the different divisions. Yeah. So uh, Brandon Overton um, and um, Chris Madden, um, two of, if not the three, the five for sure, maybe you can you might be able to put them in recent yeah. years, the top three yeah. with Jonathan Davenport. They've been the three big winners. Yeah. Um, freak accident. Madden has a tire goes down, slides up into the race, up into Overton on a restart. They start hand gesturing each other while their cars are hooked together on the front stretch. We get a little Bowman Gray action where Madden swerves at him and bounces the car. They go off from turn number one, and then it's belly bumping and screaming and hollering. First and foremost, I don't know enough about the late model guys, but to me, those are two mild-mannered, very well-thought, calculated Mm -hmm. guys that both went berserk. Oh, yeah. Well, and you know, maybe it's just Cherokee Speedway. Maybe that's just the way that place is. Yeah. But yeah, it was uh, it was a wild day for sure. One of my mantras, my mantra this year, I kind of try to get a theme this year. My mantra is go to racetracks, go to racetracks. Okay, and this starts national level, Fox, NBC, um, all of their channels, MRN, PRN, Dirt Vision, Flow Racing, XR, all do a great job covering this sport. Mm-hmm. There is no way if we all went together to a race and tried to cover different aspects that we could all cover it all. Oh, yeah, there's too much going on. Too much going on. 
Um, so I encourage everyone to go to races. I was at Cherokee on Sunday. I have been laughing, trying to figure out even what I saw. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is one of those days where it's like, I am so grateful that I went to that racetrack. And that place, you know, I think, you're, I think you were onto it with what you said. It just Cherokee brings that out in people. Mm-hmm. There, someone sent me a tweet on Sunday night and said, and their motto is, the place your mama warned you about. Oh, yeah. Okay? Someone said, I mean, a tweet on Sunday night and said, this is the Cherokee that your mama warned you about. Yeah. Because you left there. And first off, the crowd was massive. I got there three hours before, and you're like, am I going to find a spot to park? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just massive. And there's cars and toters. And, I mean, it was just, it was just the atmosphere was good. Everyone's tailgating. Everyone's partying. Then we come in, and then you have two... Very high-profile drivers get into a dust-up. You have an equally um, popular driver in Chris Ferguson oh, yeah. getting the win. I mean, I thought when when he crossed the finish line, I mean, they're literally throwing babies up in the. I yeah. mean, it was bonkers. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a guy too. He he's known here locally. Yes, but also on the national stage has some national wins. So he's kind of got that double crossover yeah. thing. I mean, it's just like so. So the messaging here is go to the racetrack folks. for sure. Go to the racetrack. I am. I, I'm I'm going to laugh. I, I I'm just going to laugh about this day. Uh, you know, it was just so cool. It really truly was. Yeah. So um, I, I love it. I love the variety of coverage you do. A lot of my uh, following along and learning about the late model world is, is 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 listening to Dirt Tracker. You've done such a good job documenting the the chassis wars throughout the course of the year, yep. and and there's so many races. It's just tough for my brain to follow yeah. with, with NASCAR, with Legends cars, with Sprint cars, <laughs> and everything. It's like I don't have much bandwidth, but yeah. I really do enjoy it. So um, so uh, DirtTracker.com, and we're going to talk sprint car racing here in a little bit, but let's get to our Hefner Racing product hot topics. We did have some good sprint car racing this weekend. Mm-hmm. Bike Week. I love that the World Racing Group and Brian Carter shared this with us last fall. I love that they're tying in to non-racing cultural events like that, the Bike Week. I was looking at the crowd. It looked like it was fairly it good last good. night. It looked like it was good. I mean, yeah. Monday night sprint cars. I mean, and uh, it was good for Carson Macedo. Picked up the uh, win on Sunday night. In the regular show, the Dirt Car Nationals, James McFadden got the win. That was the makeup race. Last night, it was David Gravel. So not a shocker. Gravel, Macedo, very, very quick. Really happy, though, for J-Mac to get that win. Yeah, I, I, I felt like, and, and I had said this previously on my show, I feel like McFadden probably started the season a little bit on the hot seat there with Roth having only won kind of the one race last year. And, and you know, Dennis Roth expects, you know, he puts a lot into those race cars and has done it for a really long time. He expects his drivers to perform. And so I think it's good for J-Mac to get that first one out of the way. Uh, I wanted to ask you too about Volusia because yeah. uh, I, I know you go to Volusia and how different Volusia is and how many upgrades have happened to that place in the last five or 10 years, how different of a facility that place is, is, is incredible. Night and day. I mean, the and investment. You're talking about back, going to the yeah, racetrack. Yeah, the investment they have put back in Volusia is yeah. amazing, um, and uh, it, it's just it, it, it's a lot of little things, but it's it's just better lighting and the grandstands, the facilities. Um, this is this is we we have racetracks that are all levels of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, we just talked about Cherokee Speedway. Yep, Cherokee Speedway is not your new shiny place. Mm-hmm. Um, it's your old worn out. Everything is sandblasted with red clay, and it seems like it unapologetically is going to stay that way forever. Yeah. Bless their hearts, because yeah. I love that. I really do. And then we've seen places in the kind of the, the, the flagship one we always talk about so much is the improvements of Port Royal, but yep. not far behind it is Volusia. Yeah. Man, they are really making that into a show place and using it a lot more. Mm-hmm. Uh, boy, at one time, they were just running the, the Dirt Car Nationals and the yeah, place and then, sit idle. Yeah, for sure. 
and they're using it a lot more. They've got a good schedule coming up this year of weekly, some semi-weekly racing. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw good USCS shows there. Yeah, good US. Yeah, good UC. Yeah, 360 races, late yep. models early in the year. The Outlaws were there for a weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, but the facilities, they're really World Racing Group is really doing a nice job investing back into that place. Yep. And it seems like they're creating a hotbed of dirt track racing down there. Uh, and especially going to be fascinating what happens Central Florida with East Bay. There's a lot, yeah, a lot of stuff. Lord knows could happen there. That place was supposed to be gone ten years yeah. ago, and and now they it's say like the it's, Williams Grove Bridge is it right. here? Is it yeah, staying? Exactly. What's happening? So good stuff. Uh, J Max win the 100th win for Dennis Roth. So yep. I'm with you on that. Uh, first win for Toyota as an engine. So yeah. I thought that's fascinating as well. Um, great, great stuff from down there. And uh, looking back at the Dirt Car Nationals, Logan Schuhart won the big gator. You laid it out on your program last week. This is David Gravels to lose. And yeah. bam. Unless he has happen. trouble and then he gets caught up in that deal with, with you know, Macedo blows a left rear and, and yeah. Jacob and him get caught up in it. So Yeah. So good stuff down there at um, Volusia. Central Pennsylvania. Um, Central Pennsylvania is already in midseason form. Yeah, both of those races this weekend were fantastic. Yeah, and we're going to talk to Dylan Sisney last lap. Well, a last lap. It was about a last three lap battle. Yeah. with with uh, with uh, Parker Price Miller, but um, Lincoln Freddie Raymer fifteenth to first fifteenth. Unreal. I mean, incredible. isn't the spring supposed to be when the tracks are narrow? Yeah, and they're not. There's no daytime pra- racing. Daytime is racing. Terrible. terrible. Yeah, and I cannot even imagine. A Hall of Fame father in the back pits. Oh, yeah. With two laps to go when he's closing in on, of all people, Danny Dietrich. Yeah. Fred Raymer and Danny Dietrich. Yeah. Hate might be too limited of a word. <laughs> they do not like each other. It's been documented. They've scrapped on. I, they, they've, and I cannot imagine the sheer joy that Freddie brought his dad. Yeah. By passing by Danny. By beating Danny Dietrich. By beating Danny coming to the white flag. <laughs> And if you're Danny, there is probably no worse way to lose a race than that. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of felt like once Danny got out front in that one, that it was probably over. And then it seemed like Freddie just kind of slowly worked his way forward. And then, and you know, even Freddie and, and Danny have had their kind of run-ins yeah. together. So it was like, you know, there's some sliders in there. Is What's this going to get here? ugly? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it was clean. And, and those guys put on a really great show. And, yeah. you know, I, I thought, you know, both both races, Lincoln and Port Royal this weekend were yeah. fantastic. Great stuff. That's for sure. And there you have it. Our Hefter Racing Product Hot Topics. Hefter Racing Products, the absolute number one pit utility vehicle in sprint car and midget racing with a, is a custom mule conversion from HRP. Those things they, are so nice. They are amazing, they are aren't so they? nice. Yeah, it's just absolutely amazing. It starts with a solid platform, dependable, good-looking Kawasaki mule, and they just customize it to whatever you need. Yeah. It's unru- you can I drive those this. things on the road. I know. It's great. They really do a good job. HRP Mules, raising the standard again in pit utility vehicles. www.hrpracing.com. That's hrpracing.com. Stay with us. More Sprint Car Talk coming up in just a moment. The Outlaws are headed back to the Pacific Northwest. Join us for three action-packed nights of racing August 31st, September 1st, and 2nd at Skagit Speedway when the world of Outlaw NASA Energy Drink Sprint Cars return for the Sage Fruit Skagit Nationals. Kickoff for the Sage Fruit Skagit Nationals begins Wednesday, August 30th with a pre-race party, live band, Sage Fruit Apple giveaways, and more. Then catch Donnie Schatz and the rest of the world of Outlaws as they take on Washington's best sprint car drivers Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights. Details at SkagitSpeedway.com. 
Dirt Empire Magazine is the ultimate dirt track racing only magazine in the world, featuring interviews, opinions, event photos, tech, and 100% racing action. Each issue includes late models, modified sprint cars, and more. Big event photos from the best photographers in the sport, and great one-on-one -on -one interviews with the top driver. Dirt Empire Magazine is the ultimate dirt track racing only magazine in the world, featuring interviews, opinions, event photos, tech, and 100% racing action. Each issue includes late models, modified sprint cars, and more. Big event photos from the best photographers in the sport. And great one-on-one -on -one interviews with the top driver. Welcome back. It is Wing Nation. We normally in this stage go to the uh, this stage go to the Sage Fruit Hotline, but all of the sprint car drivers are racing in Florida. And so uh, we tried to dial up this one, tried to dial up that one, tried to dial up another one, and they all did the car wash and all in recovery mode. So, But it works out good. We have Justin here. And, and Justin, uh, you know, doing Dirt Tracker Daily, of course, very, very long history and roots back into sprint car racing with your time at World Racing Group. When we look at 2023, state of sprint car racing, your thoughts on what we're going to see this year with sprint car racing, just what's your what's your view on where we're at with the sport? I think we're in an incredible spot right now, and I think there's going to be a lot of intrigue this season. I feel like with the Outlaws, you've got a championship fight that could come down to four or five guys. Yeah. Um, you know, the All-Stars, you know, if 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 Justin Peck, if Tyler Courtney go the, go the distance, I am all here for those two guys yeah. battling it out for that All-Star championship. And then you've got the added high limit stuff this season where you're going to have a bunch of midweek shows paying big money. You know, who's going to run those races coming in and out? You know, Larson's going to try to, you know, show up for a lot of those I know and, and Alex Bowman. And, um, you know, I, I feel like there's going to be a lot of opportunities this season for guys to win a lot of money. We talked about the Eldora Million and some of that stuff. So, um, I, you know, I think it's probably in as, as good a place as it's been in a really long time. Yeah, we're we're at a fascinating spot. And, of course, there's there's the angst with the platinum agreements and all of the agreements that the series have. And that will ultimately, it always does, takes care of itself. Yep. Uh, it all seems. It's a fascinating year to have all these opportunities after last year, what Brent Marks was able to accomplish. Oh, yeah, incredible. Because, and, and you know, and, and I've talked to a lot of sprint car teams about this, but what Brent accomplished makes the full-blown outlaw schedule, not the world of outlaw schedule, very, very appealing. Yeah. He won, uh, he most money won last year. Actually, the, the winningest driver was Anthony Macri as well. Mm -hmm. I think they really opened up some eyes as far as uh, all the variety of ways to go sprint car racing. Well, and I think that's cool too. Like when you talk about a guy like Macri or a guy like Justin Peck, like these guys ran like almost a hundred races last year. Like you, you don't need to just go run, you know, the 75 shows you're going to get with the world of outlaws. You can travel to a bunch of different series. You can win a bunch of money. Um, and it's cool that those guys, you know, I, I feel like they're really kind of growing national fan bases mm -hmm. as they expand out. You know, you talk about the posse drivers not getting off the porch, but we're seeing posse drivers get off the porch and do really well. Um, and so I, I think it's really fun to see those guys and, and to, for them to be able to have success, to come in and win some outlaw shows. And the weekend that Brent Marks had at Eldora, um, it's it's cool that we've got guys kind of outside of the series who who are, you know, top level guys who can win any night out. I think that's really great. I was funny and I forget who it was. I was somewhere. Uh, I was at the, the dirt track last fall and I said, you know, Brent Marks has really, really made everyone think. And the guy was like, ah, I don't know. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he says, here's the challenge. He said, what are Brent Mark's three best racetracks? He said, Eldora, Knoxville's gotten really, really good for yeah. him, and Port Royal, mm -hmm. where all the money is on the line. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, can who can claim those to be their best racetracks? Mm -hmm. Which many. is fascinating as well. Exactly. Yeah. Not many can do yeah. that. But then you look now, now Todd Quaring, this is this is such old news when Todd Quaring 
put a quarter of a million dollars on the line for the the high banks nationals up in Houston. That seems like it was forever ago, Mm -hmm. but we've got a quarter mile bull ring that's going to pay big money as well. So to me, that's where it gets fascinating is someone that's maybe not forte is not half miles. Uh, we'll see if they can uh, go up there and steal some money out of there. Yeah, well, and like we just saw your your commercial running for for Skagit. Yeah, you know the the West Coast money that's going to be available for the you know this year for a lot of those guys too. Yeah. You know, there's there's big money happening. You know, races happening out on yeah. the West Coast too. Yeah, fifty thousand dollars for the Jim Raper Dirt Cup, or and it's a King of the West yeah. sanctioned race, or whoever wants to go out there and try to get the money. Mm-hmm. So it's good. And then and then you mentioned at the high limit stuff, we've got two. What are they? Fifty. I know, yeah, 50, I know 50, 53,000 to win. 53,000 to win, yeah. yeah, two of those. Um, and then the regular, the, the regular, the regular, the only regular, the regular $20,000 $20, to win, to win yeah. Shows, yeah. Which, God, your, your, your uh, show today cracked me up. Um, Port Royal does a purse increase and social media, some on oh social media, God. lose their minds. Yeah. Because Port Royal did a purse increase. Yeah, I don't get it. And then they didn't raise the they didn't raise the Ra- didn't raise ticket prices. They didn't, they didn't like, raise ticket prices. They've increased the purse, and yeah. there were still some on social media that, that were, were upset about out. it. I don't understand. Like yeah. I, I don't understand. Funny, funny stuff. Yeah. World of Outlaws. Um, David Gravel off to a spectacular start. Mm-hmm. Um, stay tuned. Uh, we have to see how this goes. But boy, I'm telling you, this is a tough championship to win. This is yeah. grinding it out in yeah. July and August and September. And I kind of fall under the old Ric Flair saying, to be the man, you got to beat the That's man. Right. That used to be the 15. That's the 49. It's the 49 now. It's the 49 now. They have a method and a madness and a way of doing it that just is, uh, they, they've written the book the last three or four years. Yeah. The thing of it is with the outlaws, you know, you've got to be consistent, right? You, yeah. you know, it, we saw Carson Macedo win 12 races last year and he wasn't close to the championship right. and he was the leading Reno you know, race winner. So, you know, in the middle of the summer, as you get into the fall, can you continue to rack up top fives? Can you continue to rack up top tens? And, you know, we know David Gravel can win on the big stages. He's won the Knoxville Nationals. He's won these big shows. We know he can win a ton of races in a season. Mm-hmm. Can he be consistent all the way through the summer? And, and you know, I said that today where, you know, last year we came out of Florida. We went to California. David had, you know, a, a top seven finish streak for eight or nine races in a row, then had a couple of stumbles, you know, and then at the end of the season, you know, he finds himself behind Brad. So can he keep that up all season long? And, and you know, we, obviously we don't expect him to win at the rate he's winning right now, three yeah. of the first five yeah. races. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, can he keep that consistency up? And that's really what the World of Outlaws is about is can you run up front every single night? Yeah. Remember we had that spell where Brad finally had a DNF, but it was like it was yeah. years. Yeah. I mean, well, and like these guys, they are not in B mains ever, ever, ever. I know it's crazy, it's, it's isn't insane. it? Yeah, which which puts you at the front of the because qualifying they put you at the front of the field, less traffic, less carnage, less. Yep. I mean, just it just one just kind of leads to the other. That uh, that forty nine car is a well oiled machine. They're yeah, those, be, those guys have got their program figured yeah, out. They really truly do. That's for sure. So great, great chatting. Justin Fiedler joining us here. We're going to step away. We're going to uh, dial up the Sage Root Hotline. The mayor of the uh, town of Port Royal and also a pretty good sprint car driver, Dylan Sisney, he joins us next. The Outlaws are headed back to the Pacific Northwest. Join us for three action-packed nights of racing August 31st, September 1st and 2nd at Skagit Speedway when the world of Outlaw NOS Energy Drink Sprint Cars return for the Sage Fruit Skagit Nationals. Kickoff for the Sage Fruit Skagit Nationals begins Wednesday, August 30th with a pre-race party, live band, Sage Fruit Apple giveaways, and more. Then catch Donnie Schatz and the rest of the world of Outlaws as they take on Washington's best sprint car drivers Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights. Details at SkagitSpeedway.com. 
The National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum's newest exhibit will be our track tribute to Williams Grove Speedway inside the museum's main floor from April 3rd through October 2nd this year. You'll learn about the beginning of Williams Grove Speedway and the evolution of sprint car racing on the East Coast through eight of the iconic big cars and sprint cars that made up the history of Mechanic Birds Pennsylvania's Williams Grove Speedway. Plus, you'll see videos of historic national open sprint car races and other racing events that put Williams Grove on the map. That's the track tribute to Williams Grove Speedway featured April 3rd through October 2nd at the only museum in the world solely dedicated to sprint car racing, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville, Iowa. Wing Nation rolling along. Let's go right to the Sage Fruit Hotline. Joining us fresh off from a trip to Victory Lane, he is the mayor of the Burg of Port Royal, and uh, the mayor was in Victory Lane, not a promotional shot. It was a celebration shot in there, uh, winning the season opener. Dylan Sisney joins us. Hello, Dylan. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me back on, guys. Well, it is good to catch up with you. Congratulations, Dylan. Has to be great to get the season. We, we're not going to ask you when you're getting wins the rest of the year. We've got that out of the way. Has to be a great way to start the year for you. That's definitely the best way to start a year. You know, then uh, that's not in the back of your mind. You know, when you're going to crack off a win, you get that out of the way and, and you just move on and focus on racing for the rest of the year. Dylan, when you are, you know, chasing down Halligan and PPM there late, is that a situation where you see those guys kind of start to race each other? Do you know that you're going to be able to reel them in at that point? Like, what is your thought process there those last few laps? Yeah, you, you know, there was a point in that race where I was definitely happy just to let Halligan get out and set sail and, and just be content watching the track progress and, and wait till you burn some fuel off and see what you have later in lap traffic. Uh, when Parker got me, I... Uh, started to try and get up on the wheel a little bit and get him back because second's really the spot to be third starts to put you in a little bit worse chance but uh luckily those guys started racing each other and i think just you know the way luck had it and the way the the runs got uh between the two of themselves they put themselves in a spot really focusing on kind of racing each other sliding pinching each other back and forth and and left a large part of the track open and we were just in position to capitalize on that D Dylan, the next time I drive a sprint car will be the first time I drive a sprint car. I'm a radio guy. You mentioned as the fuel burns off. In layman's terms, how dramatic, uh, how do you prepare for that? How dramatic a change is that from carrying all that fuel at the beginning of the race and, and knowing what you need to have for the end of the race? How dramatic is that? Well, it, it kind of depends, you know, as a driver and as, as the crew, you know, we try and do everything we can to prevent that uh, dramatic change to the car in the course of the event. You know, obviously you can't take off too good at the start of the race and, and fall at the end, and you don't want to wait too late for the car to really get good. So, you know, it was pretty good. It, it could have been maybe just a tick better to start off, but you just got to do what you can behind the wheel and, and help maintain and just keep the car as straight as possible and keep the tires under you and and just slowly feel it get better and better every lap and, and watch the track progress and just constantly search around and, and put yourself in the best position as you possibly can, which, you know, that's why it's always, it's always nice to be the guy in second, because if you get out and, and get the lead, it's just tough in these things. You, you know that you got the lead on the start. So it's just really hard to force yourself to move around because how many times do you see a guy leading? And before you know it, he tries a different line and there's where second place was just sitting in the weeds waiting. Dylan, is this a situation, we, you know, we, we know early in the season in Pennsylvania, we get a lot of afternoon races. And, and for somebody like you that's got as much experience around Pennsylvania as you do, 
How different is it racing in the afternoon versus kind of under the lights at a situation like Port Royal? You know, are there is it harder with visibility with the glare? You know, is it a, is it different with the track conditions? Like how, how different is it to race an afternoon show versus one of those night shows? I mean, I love uh, I love the afternoon shows, not only just for the way the track surface gets wide and racy, but, uh, you know, especially years ago, it was always nice because you could see so good. You know, dirt tracks uh, were a little behind the time on lighting, but now, especially Port Royal with Musco lighting and a lot of the other facilities upgrading, there's not as much of a difference from a, a day show to a night show as far as your visibility and able to pick different lines out and see things that you just can't quite see as well at nighttime. But, uh, no, really, the only the only main difference is luckily it didn't happen on sunday there but your visibility does get into play if the sun sets at a wrong time uh, but you have that at certain tracks depending on which way they're facing there's times where uh it sets in port royal you're blind through most uh turn three until you're almost pointing off a of turn four so luckily that didn't come into play sunday and and the track progressed really well throughout the day for this time of year it's just kind of a crapshoot as a as a track and as the guys that take care of the track in a day like that, where the ground is got all the moisture in it from the winter, but yet it gets the cold at night that the ground actually freezes. So you can't water the track. You can't prepare it like you normally would. Uh, the track doesn't get very much sun. So it gets rough and, and heavy in certain spots, dead slick in others. And at the end of the day, that gives you a, a really technical racetrack that you have to really focus on hitting your lines and where to put the car. And that's just the really stuff I love. Yeah, stuff you love, and you did really well, that's for sure, picking up the opener win on Sunday afternoon. Dylan, we all have a lot of pride in our home racetracks. Um, some of our home racetracks are rough around the edges. Some of our home racetracks are showplaces. Your home racetrack 15 years ago was very, very rough around the edges. There were a lot of adjectives used to describe it. None of them were pleasant. Fast forward to 2023, it is one of the show places in all of sprint car racing. What does that mean to you as you've watched this as a kid that grew up and born and I lived in a house across the street there? What does it mean to you to see what has been created up there at your home track? Uh, it's just really special, you know, especially as, as life goes on and, and the years pass you by. You know, I've gone through all the stages there of seeing every moment of that track in my life from being a a little kid not even really grasping anything about the track all you know is at the racetrack and it's cool and you get kind of old enough you start to see the the nooks and crannies of you know good versus bad at different racetracks and you know I, i've just always been such a, a proud uh proponent of, of our track even through the, the tough times over the years because it always still just put on great racing and uh, I, I always stuck up for the place and knew the potential was there if the right people are in the right place which that's just kind of with anything in life you can always make anything happen if you got the right people surrounding you and luckily i got to see it the whole way through and just really thankful that we have the guys around here that have the time to volunteer and donate their time to make it what it is dylan we've seen you get out and travel a little bit in, in recent seasons and you know what, what is your schedule going to look like for this year is that something you're going to still be able to do or you know are the, are the kind of mayor things going to keep you around town a little bit more and, and maybe we'll see you more at, at you know at port royal and some of the other tracks around central pennsylvania no, we'll have uh, a similar schedule to last year. You know, luckily the, the mayor duties aren't too much in our small town. You know, uh, we have a great group of seven councilmen and women in our town that, that really do the down and dirty daily work and, and the relationship with the Speedway. So they do the bulk of everything in the town, and we're really fortunate to have uh, great people in place there. Uh, as far as my schedule, we'll be weekly for the most part at Port Royal, Williams Grove, 
the bulk of the main weekend races in central PA, the weekday shows are kind of tough for us and our guys to get off work and, and do all that. But we'll be at Knoxville for the nationals, uh, trying to get out to Wisconsin again. And we'll be at Eldora for our first trip for the million and for the Kings Royal this year. Wow, that's great, man. That is awesome. Good good deal, that's for sure. When you, um, I, I want to talk, I mean, obviously everyone's looking for a Nationals, everyone's looking for Eldora. Um, you go out to Wisconsin, you've got part of your team ownership group is out there based. You go out there, you go into Dodge County, and you pick up a win with the IRA. Um, what's it like as a posse driver getting off the porch and then going to Victory Lane out there? What was, uh, and we might have talked to you right afterward, but what what is that like now as you kind of have a chance to reflect on it? Uh, it's really special, you know, you look back and, and it's one of them things, the older you get, you start to really just appreciate the moments that you get in your career, the people that surround you, you know, that that's something that will always be special, you know, the time we went out to Wisconsin and, you know, as a PA Posse guy, we went out and got the checkered flag, you know, the trophy's in my basement, I, I see it every day uh, down in my man cave and it's uh, just uh, something that you always really will hold special, so any, any type of those moments, just like... Uh, you know, now being a two-time opening day winner, getting a dream race win, you know, it's just, that's what I always tell people is I just want to get enough special moments and wins to, you know, be able to sit back one day and, and be proud of, of what you'd accomplished as a team. How do you approach those those races where you do get away from Pennsylvania and you go see tracks for the first time? You know, are, are you trying to borrow a notebook from somebody? Do you got kind of a base package you're going to take in? Like, how do you how do you kind of handle that from um, from a race car perspective and from your kind of own mental standpoint as you go into those races? I think it gets easier, you know, it, uh, over time. Uh, you just kind of look at it, maybe compare it to another racetrack. Uh, but there's just so many variables in dirt track racing. I mean, we'll keep a notebook on certain things, but at the end of the day, you know, we could have a notebook on Port Royal, but, you know, you it's hard to really specify the way the track conditions were each night, the way the weather comes into play. You know, was there a cushion? Was there no cushion? You know, is it rough? Was it smooth? Uh, it's really hard to just go from one race to the next and keep trying to do the same thing. But we try and keep our program as simple as possible. And when things just start working, we try and keep it going as long as we can. And do the same things until you start to search around for the next new thing. The 2023 season, you have the season opener at Port Royal, and we go directly to warp speed. The World of Outlaws versus the Pennsylvania Posse. Us sprint car fans are not worthy of this in March, but we are going to take it. We are going to love it. Um, if, if I'm going, I want to go back and and I want to go back when this was announced and speculated. What was your thoughts when you started to hear that they might be rolling in here in the month of March? Uh, I, I was always excited. Uh, anytime you get to race with the Outlaws more, especially when it's on your home turf, you know, you always feel like that gives you a little bit of an advantage. Uh, now, granted, we've got some extenuating circumstances with a tire switch and everything else going on this week. You know, it's not the normal wet was coming, so the track conditions aren't what we're maybe used to to race with them guys. But, uh, no, hopefully we can just – represent the posse well and our home track well and and put on a good showing and try and keep them guys from taking home the money and try and keep it in town what, what are your thoughts on the on the tire coming up this weekend do you have uh you know have you guys gotten together and talked about what expectations could be you know is there any sort of thoughts about the feel or setups or any, anything like that well i mean uh you know the goal sunday you know as it is every opening day for us really it's get your stuff there. Do you have everything together? Is the car put together right? You know, did we forget anything? 
does everything work the way it should the team works together and did i remember how to drive so you know we checked all those boxes and and then the bonus at the bottom of the page is, is we got a checkered flag by doing it so i think now our our mindset is well that worked so we'll try and take that same exact car with the same exact stuff that just won and try and do nothing but change the tires that are physically bolted to it so that's our only variable and then just take a guess at it from there and see what it feels like so and and justin justin did a great job documenting this a couple or last week i think it was on dirt tracker this is a universally changed tire across the board and when you guys roll into port royal on friday night your first time on this tire world of outlaw guys first time on this tire how is that being managed how is and and just I don't, I don't know that I've ever seen this before. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, something that, that I've never seen in my time. Uh, you know, I've been around a few tire switches in, in my day when I first started in the sprint car scene, you know, that was the, the first year they made the switch to the good years. So that's, I learned on the good years, we switched to the Hoosiers for the last 10 years now. And, and now we're switching to a, a completely different Hoosier tire for the first time in 10 years. So, uh, it'll definitely be a change, but, uh, you know, hopefully it just, hopefully it gets managed as well as we can. You know, it's, it's kind of a rough spot to do a tire change like this. You know, it's, uh, a lot of work for the teams to get everything ready and prepared. And then of course for Pennsylvania, we'll have to be on it for most of this season. So we'll have to switch for this week and next week, and then switch all our old tires back and use them up over our grace period. And, that it is a little bit of a struggle for a team and from a standpoint of just the extra workload it gives the guys and then from a standpoint of a driver and crew chief working together to try and keep the car figured out. Uh, I, I want to ask you, since we, ha- since we have you on here, you are the mayor, I have to ask you a political question. Do you have to be careful about how many races at Port Royal you win this season? Because if you win them all, then maybe people are like, yeah, that guy dominates, you know, and nobody likes the Yankees, you know, then they're not going to vote for you in the next mayoral election. So you got to be careful about, uh, about how many races you win this season. Uh, we'll, we'll take that into account, but uh, <laughs> I, I would easily sacrifice the votes if it came down to it for race wins. That's uh, <laughs> you can't hang votes on the, on the wall in the man cave. Nice. Nicely done. Dylan, it is always a pleasure to chat with you. I love when I see your smiling face hanging off a wing uh, up there at the Speed Palace, wherever you go and win. Congratulations. We wish you the best versus the Outlaws this weekend. And, again, thanks for the time here on Wing Nation. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Hope to see you guys soon. Yeah, boy. Dylan Sisney joining us on the Sage Fruit Hotline. Stay with us. More Wing Nation in just a moment. The Outlaws are headed back to the Pacific Northwest. Join us for three action-packed nights of racing August 31st, September 1st, and 2nd at Skagit Speedway when the World of Outlaw NOS Energy Drink Sprint Cars return for the Sage Fruit Skagit Nationals. Kickoff for the Sage Fruit Skagit Nationals begins Wednesday, August 30th with a pre-race party, live band, Sage Fruit Apple giveaways, and more. Then catch Donnie Schatz and the rest of the World of Outlaws as they take on Washington's best sprint car drivers Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights. Details at SkagitSpeedway.com. Wing Nation continues on. So glad you have joined us. Uh, Justin Fiedler sitting in for Aaron Evernham today. Steve Post here as well. And uh, yeah, Justin, and you did a really nice job on Dirt Tracker last week. This this tire change, and it's all being handled for this weekend right through um, one of the tire distributors in Maryland. Yeah, Hoosier Tire Mid-Atlantic. Hoosier Tire Mid-Atlantic. And the teams literally are going to go there middle of the week. 
grab their tires, mount them up, and go to Port Royal. So there's no testing. There's no nope. secret testing. There's no really way. They've really kept this under lock and key. Yeah, I, I know a lot of the Pennsylvania racetracks basically said we're not going to allow any testing. And, and the Ward of Outlaws, they were going to call around to a bunch of racetracks and be like, hey, you guys aren't allowed to test. We're trying to make this as fair as possible for everybody. So we know who's your tire mid-Atlantic later this week is going to have two open days where you can go get tires. They're also going to do a distribution at the track on Friday. Uh, so I, I was just telling you, I, I think I'd be curious to see kind of how that goes. Is there going to be a mad dash right away to go get tires? Um, and I know some teams had tried to get some of these tires already yeah. and were told no. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out this weekend. It fascinates me. I mean, that we're, we're, we've drawn a line. Usually there's grace periods and everything like that. It fascinates me not only that we've drawn a line, but we've drawn a line with the Outlaws versus the Posse. Yep. That just to me is something about, I, I think it's awesome. I just think it's like it's it's all part of the story that we weave with this sprint car stuff. Yeah, one and you know, I, there's been some criticism of it, obviously, because guys are like, you know, we don't want this to be the first time we're on this tire. Would have been nice to have something, but on the flip side, it's gonna make the inter- the weekend a little more interesting because it's like you know nobody has an advantage, nobody's been on this thing, and we'll just kind of see how it plays yeah. out. And then of course you have just the speed palace, the speed. Oh yeah, you know, this is like you're deba- debuting this at one of the fastest, yeah, fastest tracks. racetracks <laughs> up on the cushion around the wall at Port Royal. <laughs> yeah, the Macri line. <laughs> you the exactly. Macri line. Yeah, uh, well, I don't care how the, I don't care how they grip the racetrack. How does the sidewall take a hit? Exactly. That's what Macri's worried about. Exactly. <laughs> That is awesome. One of the things we love to do here on Wing Nation is we talk about our friends at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum, one sprint car place in Knoxville, Iowa. We do it with a birthday calendar. Bill Schindler, Larry Smokey Snellbaker yesterday, later the week, Ben Krasner, Rex Mays, Troy Rutman, Johnny Rutherford, Al Gordon. Today would have been the birthday of Moses Andy Brown, M.A. Brown, a 19 or 2019 inductee into the Sprint Car Hall of Fame. Love these stories. He was born in Mississippi, Sprint Car hotbed of the uh, of world. the world. Yeah, yeah. In 1921, he started racing jalopies in a car he purchased for twelve dollars and fifty cents in Tupelo, Mississippi. <laughs> and one of the things that we just don't grasp in our society these days is World War II hit, and it shut down yeah. everything. Yeah, which we just can't even fathom Mm-mm. in our in our time. Not not in the day where we can get whatever we want on Amazon tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. exactly. Yeah, whether whether there's spy balloons flying over yeah, or or people we we get what we need and that shut down. He was a Purple Heart recipient for his service in World War II. He returned, uh, started working in a sawmill, running a trucking company, moved to a little place called McKenzie, Tennessee. And started in 1959, he bought a sprint car from um, a guy there. Les Hill was the guy's name. Les Hill had a young sprint car fabricator by the name of Jack Elam oh. working on the sprint cars. Jack and um, and M.A. Brown became friends, and M.A. became a team owner and had uh, Chuck Amati, Bubby Jones, Steve, Sammy Swindell, Ricky Hood, Bobby Ward, and Chuck Gurney all drive his cars. Just a terrible lineup of drivers. Terrible lineup of drivers and a terrible friend in the sprint car world like Jack Elam to have. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, moved to McKenzie, Texas, and how about this? One of the, if not the best sprint car builders on the planet is right there in the same time. Perfect. How about that? Yeah. So the beauty of this is is that, uh, and, and M.A. Brown is a story that I did not know. Mm-mm. I love that because his story is forever enshrined at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville, Iowa. And it's the guys like M.A. Brown that give all of us a chance to love this sport and continue on with it. So fun, fun stuff for sure. SprintCarHOF.com. That's SprintCarHOF.com. All right. World of Outlaws, NOS Energy Drinks versus the Pennsylvania Posse, the spring showdown at Port Royal. Last year in July, it was Kyle Larson. 
and in October it was all Anthony Macri. Yeah. But boy, there's a lot of variables beyond that. The tire is one variable, but just the early season, who's fast, who's not fast, this thing is kind of wide open when we look at yeah. it. Well, I think, too, you're probably going to get a who's who of drivers here. You know, you're going to get the normal outlaw guys. You're going to get the normal posse guys. But I think you're going to get a lot of travelers here, too, because this is going to be their first chance to get on the tire. Yeah, you're right. So, you know, you, you could see all-star guys. You could see, you know, guys from other parts of the country come in and, and run this race just to try to get some laps on that new tire so they're prepared for the future and the rest of the for season. For their season, where their season exactly. plays out. Yeah, absolutely. Then when we get done on Sunday afternoon, Williams Grove, the season opener for mm-hmm. Williams Grove because they got to prepare because next weekend the Outlaws roll in there on yep. Friday night. Um, something special about S- Williams Grove, the Sunday afternoon season opener, man. Mm-hmm. It's just there's, there, all is right in the world when, when yep. we fire up our dirt vision or go to the racetrack and see that going on. It's going to be a fun year at Williams Grove as well. Yeah, always. And, you know, Williams Grove is, is you know, when, when you think about Central Pennsylvania, Williams yeah. Grove is is right there at the top of the list. Uh, the crowd's there and, and, you know, the racing that you get there and how unique of a facility that place is. Two, basically two drag strips yeah. with two tight corners. Uh, I remember Greg Hodnett, you know, talked to us about, back in the day on Open Red about just how difficult it is to get around that place. And, and he spent two or three minutes walking us through just a very short lap at Williams Grove just because there's so much going on there. Yeah, it is. It's going to be fun. And it'll be fun to see. Um, again, I don't know all the details of the rules as far as uh, all the, the platinum drivers. I don't think they can run on Sunday. I don't think so. Well, I, I mean, they could. could. Well, they could. It would yeah, be one of their one, of their one of their But races. then you talk about all those other drivers – uh, the 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 all star guys, the brownies of the world, and people like that, that they'll just sneak down there and get a little head start on Friday yeah, night. I don't so, see any reason why they would. Yeah. So, gosh, it's going to be a great weekend, that's mm-hmm. for sure. In Central Pennsylvania, a lot of three sixty racing. USCS is in Magnolia, Mississippi, Friday and Saturday night. ASCS Southwest Tours in Central Arizona Speedway and Casa Grande, Arizona, Friday and Saturday. And as of now, California has uh, Antioch and Marysville, but um, weather out there has been not good. shaky. No, it's not been good mm-hmm. at all. And which is kind of why the world of outlaws who would probably be there now yeah. are not there. Uh, we'll see what happens at Central Pennsylvania this week. So yep, it'll like be it. fun. It'll be fun. That's for sure. Yep. What you got on the docket coming up the rest of this week with the Dirt Tracker? Uh, I mean, we'll be talking stuff all week and, and getting ready. You know, people ready for the Outlaw Weekend ahead. We've got uh, Extreme Outlaw Midgets are going to open right. their season indoors at Ducoin this weekend. So we talked about that a little bit on the show today. So uh, you know, it's like. That time of year where we're starting to get ramped up more and more stuff, that streaming schedule gets a little bit bigger, more tracks are opening. So, uh, you know, going to be a, a lot of good racing here coming up. Uh, you mentioned the streaming. I do want to go back uh, to the top of the show. We talked about Cherokee, and you very rarely get insight into streaming, which is one of the bugaboos that everyone has about course, it. Yeah, of course. Um, and we didn't really get insight other than Barry Braun with XR uh, was just raving about the numbers that mm-hmm. Cherokee got on Sunday. Yeah. Um, it's just the streaming thing is fascinating to me. The secrecy of it is fascinating to me. Um, but the appeal of it is fascinating as well because it's just done amazing things. And uh, I love you have a streaming schedule on there where people can mm-hmm. find out everything that's everything that's streaming every day. Yep, all the time. Uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where I always struggled with where to go find things on the streaming services. And so it's like an easy thing to do is – you know, let me just put all these things in one place. Uh, and an interesting side note about my streaming schedule, my mom actually manages that for me. Really? So it's like dirttracker.com is like almost completely automated. I don't really do much work. I on knew you had told basis. me that at one time yeah. before. That, that everything... But the streaming schedule is not. The streaming schedule still takes some data entry. And so my, my, my retired mother 
nice is, is on there every day uh, making sure that that streaming schedule is up to date for folks so that shout is. out to mom there we go got to have a shout out to mom there yeah. you go that is good stuff really good i appreciate you sitting in for yeah. this week always fun and uh, i'm it. sure we'll catch up with you down the road here for sometime sure. and uh i love having you in the in the, in the co-pilot yeah. it's good stuff a lot of fun there we go again dirttracker.com uh, let me let me make sure though let me get this right dirt d-i-r-t you do it yeah r-a-c-k-r yeah because he i he, got rid of some of the vowels in there yeah yeah, when you're like, starting something, you've got to have something that you can get all your social media handles. You got to get the website address to match. Yeah. So that was just a way. If I just went yeah. off the rails with the spelling, well, I could get everything. Vowels cost two hundred and fifty dollars on Will there of Fortune, you so you 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 saved a few bucks <laughs> with it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it is it is great stuff, and uh, it is must watch, must listen to daily podcast on there uh, to keep you up to date on everything. That's for sure. Thank Good you, you, man. Appreciate it. Justin Fiedler joining us. Of course, we appreciate Dylan Sisney joining us as well. Coming up this weekend on Wing Nation, presented by Sage Fruit, we have, who did we talk to yesterday? Um, see? You forgot already? Dale, Dale Blaney. Blaney. The Dale Blaney. Blaney. How about that? Dale Blaney, we talked to him in detention. In detention? He is, he is at a high school. He's coaching high school okay. uh, basketball. Basketball, yeah. Okay. But the job they have for him is the uh, officer in the detention room. Running detention. So, yes. So, Dale Blaney in <laughs> detention. Uh, we asked him if he had any pre- prior experience in detention. He said no, because that was back in the days where you just get a SWAT on the, yeah, with a paddle. We didn't have sense. detention back then. So, Dale Blaney joins us. And uh, fun, fun stuff. Get a little insight into when he's racing, where he's racing, why he's racing. And it was a really, really good visit. Ashley Stremme and I have that. Rev TV on Wednesday night in Canada. Mav TV, 12.30 Eastern time on Friday. So check that out as well. Again, for Justin Fiedler, I'm Steve Post. Thanks for joining us here on Wing Nation. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc.